two dudes with some balls listeners howdy folks it's sunday night getting ready to put this podcast out for you on monday evening wow i'm fired up right now i'm gonna let booth say his haze to you he's at home right now he doesn't have his mic but it's still gonna be good booth say what's up sir hey everyone got a lot to talk about today you like kind of glitched right there but i said Uh-oh. yes sir that's what it sounded like but like maybe that's how it sounds it's like if you got the Never mind. We're not even going to talk about it. All right. Anyways, man, I'll fire it up right now. And I don't know in a good way or a bad way. I just postseason baseball. We were waited till after the Tampa Bay Boston Red Sox game to record this partially because I really wanted to watch it partially because in some way it was going to be important for this episode of the podcast because playoff baseball is here and the podcast is all geared on playoff baseball. That's crazy. What happened tonight? Kevin Kiermeyer in, in just an incredible game. First off from start to finish. But Kevin Kiermeyer in this top of the 13th inning hits a double off the base of the wall, which should have been a triple. Let's say it's a triple. He hit a triple off the base of the wall to right field that hits off the wall and ricochets and hits off Hunter Renfro's arm shoulder area and bounces over the fence with Yandy Diaz on first base, which, Booth, it's not a question. Yandy Diaz is scoring, and that's a triple by Kevin Kiermeyer if it does if it stays in the yard like it's supposed to, right? Absolutely. I don't think that's up for any debate here, and we're not going to debate that. But hits off the wall. It gets ruled a ground rule double. They debacle, and everything goes on. And they, there's no rule for this because it's never happened in 100 million years or whatever, Like, and it won't probably ever happen again. And that, I think base, postseason baseball provides you with something crazy each year, and this might be one of the most crazy things that's ever happened, especially in a five-game series where Tampa's the higher seed, but now they're on the road and they're down two games to one and facing elimination tomorrow after a tough game that ends up Hunter Renfro, the guy who hits off of leads off or not leads off, but the next inning walks the baseball gods are just all Hunter Renfro and all hate on Tampa Bay Rays. And then Christian Vasquez, the little Oompa Loompa that he is goes yard over the green monster, puts the Red Sox up two games to one in this electrifying ALDS. And it's got, me just confused and excited just there's gonna be a like what how do you feel about that as a if you were a player having to play the next day because you you and I have both been through games where we lose in a tough one and you have to bounce back the next day imagine doing it at the postseason like what goes through your mind all the all the momentum's on the Red Sox side I feel like it's just it's so tough to come back the next game the whole ride home everything everything's just so much worse for the Tampa Bay Rays right now I just all signs are pointing to an upset here with the Red Sox winning that series especially because it's only five game series which is crazy that's part of the reason I love postseason baseball so much Mm -hmm. and that's what the uh, announcers were talking about tonight in the broadcast how good and how deep these pitching staffs are that game three in a 1-1 in in a divisional series those five game series when they're tied 1-1 going into game three it's it's very it's a very important game, obviously, because it's a swing game. Although the team that wins those games only ends up winning the series 54% of the time. So the odds aren't incredibly in your favor. But in this series, like they said, where pitching is so deep on both sides, it is hard to win this series now. And especially that that Red Sox crowd was electric at Fenway tonight. And it goes without notice, noticing you have to give some love to a reliever from the Boston Red Sox side. Nick uh, Pivita had seven strikeouts out the pin was just electric energy again a huge strikeout strike out three people i think it was in the 10th or 11th he struck out three people after giving up a double or a base hit that after a stolen base that randy rosa ran a rosa reina had and just strikes it next two batters out and just insane really weird swing of momentum really weird how everything unfolded what a game 
now we get to talk about postseason baseball and our flaws because it's just if we're going to obtain credibility in this podcast, we have to go without saying you picked one American League pennant wrong. I picked the National League pennant wrong. It's really hard to do to pick those wrong after the first night, first two nights of postseason baseball. But we we did that. I just think you just combine our, our two brackets and then we're looking good. So, you know. yeah, we're looking good on the fact that I'm pretty sure me and you, uh, you had Houston or wait. No. Yeah, I, yeah, I, you I, have Houston, which they are up right now. Uh, well, as yeah, we're recording like this, it's five three. Looks like you're gonna sweep. Kyle Tucker's having a big night in Chicago tonight for the Astros, but man, were we wrong? I really that Cardinals game was awesome. First off, yeah. the Yankees game was not that great. Garrett Cole kind of sucked, but a lot of great postseason baseball going on. The Giants Dodgers through two has been really fun to watch. The, that game one was awesome by Logan Webb pitching. Game two was good. Julio Rice getting the base hit to score the first round of the game, set the whole tone for the Dodgers in that game to even up the series before switching venues to Dodger Stadium starting tomorrow or tonight as you're hearing this Monday. And honestly, the Brewers-Braves series, which I said was probably going to be the most boring series because the Braves weren't that good of a team or the not a good team, but the worst record entering the postseason. That series won game to one. Both games have been close been very good pitching it's been really fun to watch that series too postseason baseball is here and it's back and if it's gonna be hard to top this 13 inning showdown at Fenway Park tonight but I'm excited to watch it is there any prediction or any uh thing you want to change about your outlook on the postseason after watching these first couple days please I mean probably a lot since I picked the Yankees (laughs) there um I think the one thing I didn't really expect which I probably should have is the the electric fans in Fenway Park I feel like that had a big impact on Cole and even the games today um, against the Tampa Bay Rays, the Boston's showing out for their team. And it's, it's so fun to see how much energy they really are giving to the players and how they're all performing at a high level. I think one thing I kind of forgot about was uh, the Green Monster out there too. kind of stop John Carlos Stanton from having a little better of a night. So. Yeah, that wild card game really hurt. That's, him with that's that, my man. excuse right now. You know, Helps Christian Vasquez tonight though, so. I mean, heck, but no, you're right. And postseason, um, something we mentioned about really with football in one of our previous podcasts was just the the missing presence of fans at college football and the NFL level while in playoff baseball. The missing of fans is just watching the postseason from last year, this year, it's so much more easier to get engaged with these games because the fans are making it so much more fun. And even tonight, looking at what MLB has tweeted out or even watching the game a little bit, Chicago, the South side of Chicago, at guaranteed rate field are they're just electric and it's buzzing tonight despite their team losing but postseason baseball is here and I, I can't make any more predictions I don't want to make any more predictions just keep watching these good series maybe we'll take another crack at this once we get to the championship round and that's going to be a really hard one to mess up we need a week off from predictions yeah, we're taking <laughs> we're taking a little <laughs> little time off but now let's let's shift into a different ball here and let's talk about the Alabama Crimson Tide getting upset by Texas A&M and not the fact necessarily that it happened, but the significance it brings to the rest of the college football world. There's no question. I'm going to ask you. So it is a question. Were you shocked in that Alabama lost? Uh, yeah, I, I'm right. one of the people that think Alabama is going to steamroll everyone until right. the SEC championship game. So I was I was pretty shocked that Alabama even it was a close game, let alone they lost that game. Yeah. Man, Kyle Tucker Field, Texas a and it was rocking, though, with fans, too, like we just talked about postseason baseball, but still no excuse. Johnny Manziel was there, too. Maybe that's it. The last time Texas A&M beat Alabama was <laughs> with Johnny Manziel. But 
it really does open the door for a lot of possibilities now in college football. And it makes for maybe the most interesting college football playoff that we've ever seen. One, it might eliminate two SEC teams from making it to the playoff. Now, Kentucky's very good. Florida's a one loss, or is Florida still a one loss team? I can't remember. If they are, it doesn't matter. I, I, don't, I don't really care about it right now. Kentucky's 6 0. I don't know how long that's going to last. Yeah, Florida's four and two. Yeah, never mind. I just realized that. Texas A&M's four and two, but that's not important. Two lost teams have never made it into the playoff. Bama has to play Georgia at the end of the year if they win their side of the SEC. And Georgia's defense is incredible. So it's it's likely, based on favorite, favorites right now, Georgia's going to win that game, of course. Iowa is ranked number two in the country right now, according to the AP pool, which you brought up a good point. Yeah, your thumbs down on the video right now. And tell and I can tell you why, but I want to hear it from you. Why are you saying Iowa is not – they don't deserve that? They barely beat a Penn State team that was just riddled with injuries. They lost a ton of key players. Sean Clifford, and, the quarterback. Yeah. That was the, – the Penn State backup quarterback was one of – had one of the worst performances I've ever seen, like, watching a game. Like, I, I, I felt bad watching him go out there. To be fair, that is a – incredibly tough environment to do well in, yeah. in that high pressure of a game and a, a game where you never expected to play in this year, but you're right. The fact that it was that close Penn State's defense, all the credit to them too. Yeah. And I thought, I thought Penn State's defense looked really good, but then I thought I was quarterback looked bad too. Like I, I just, I, that's not a quarterback that's going to win you a national championship. Right. Well, to be fair also, and I'm trying to defend Iowa here because I, I still think they're a good team. I don't, I just think how long is that number two spot going to, going to hold? How long are they going to? I think for a long time because their schedule is pretty weak, but. I agree. And that's, that's another thing with the Bama thing opening up. That's the, for that Iowa team, that's a lot of those players' first real key game of like pressures on you and that, that hard of a game. Luckily, they had at home. I don't know if, the, you know, if they're on the road, Penn State, that's a very tough environment to play in if the outcome's different. But regardless, they're ranked number two. Bama losing. How does it impact? Well, one, it helps a Pac 12 team. It helps Oregon, okay? That's really the only Pac-12 team that's going to help. Or Arizona State. I'll say that if Arizona State gets hot and ends up winning the Pac-12 championship, those are the two one-loss teams in the Pac-12. If they outright win and Bama loses in the SEC championship, boom, Pac-12 champion, one-loss Pac-12 championship gets in over a two-loss Alabama team, of course. Oklahoma is undefeated, so it doesn't really help, but it could impact if another team in the Big 12 is undefeated. The only other one that's undefeated right now is Oklahoma State, and they play each other. It doesn't matter. If Texas would have won that game, it could have prompted a two-team Big 12. Right. So Cincinnati, if they remain undefeated, they're going to get in the playoffs. They're ranked number third right now. It could allow for two Big 10 teams to enter now, like we said. Iowa's going to play either Michigan or Michigan State, it looks like. Those are Michigan and Michigan State are both undefeated. Michigan ranked eighth. Michigan State ranked 10th. I think they play either this week or the next week. One of those teams might be in the Big 10 championship. If they're undefeated, Iowa's undefeated. Whoever loses that game and Alabama loses twice, they look at that Michigan State. Let's say it's Michigan State. Michigan State's undefeated. They're ranked fourth. Iowa's ranked second going into that Big Ten championship game. It's a close game. And then Alabama loses Georgia. You keep that second Big Ten team in there, don't you? As long as it's as long as the other conference champ, like if Oregon, you know, wins out there into Cincinnati, if they stay undefeated, they they're pretty much solidified their spot now, which is cool. Which is one of those things that we talked about. When you add playoff teams, like when you make it a 16 playoff format that you wanted to see were these type of conferences getting in Cincinnati to join the Big 12 next year, but they're not in it yet. Like if you look at the remaining games for these big, big, uh, big 10 teams, Michigan's Michigan has to play Michigan State, Penn State and Ohio State. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Michigan State has to play well, Michigan, obviously, and then 
I think they also have games against Ohio State. So these rankings are going to be changing a lot here over the next right. few weeks. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's like the, the outlook of the top four teams is kind of hard to predict, but I, I still do think that there's a chance we still see two SEC teams if Alabama, if Georgia and Alabama remain undefeated until the SEC championship game, and then Alabama barely beats Georgia in a very close game. Um, so I do still th- see that as a possibility, ex- especially because Alabama only fell to five. Yeah, no, and I th- I think you're right. I I think you're right. If Bama beats Georgia, which I, I think I touched up on, or yeah. or chaos happens, and I think the Big Ten is very similar to the Pac-12. I, th- I mean, I think the Big Ten's a way better football conference than the Pac-12. I don't want to say that. I think Big Ten teams shoot themselves in the foot a lot, like the Pac-12 teams do to get themselves out of the playoffs. So a team like Iowa, a team like Michigan, a team like Michigan State, or a team like a one-loss Penn State or Ohio State might end up losing a game where they shouldn't lose, and then it just totally ruptures everything in the playoff spot. Notre Dame even has a chance to make the playoffs still, or a team like Ole Miss, who's 4-1. and one. Like There's SEC, other SEC teams. Like It is a wide-open field right now. The only team, which this is going to sound weird, the only team that I feel is safe in a way or has the safest bet, it feels like it's Cincinnati just based on their schedule that they don't really play a super powerhouse team as long as they don't shoot themselves in the foot. I mean, they got UCF, Navy, Tulane, Tulsa, uh, Southern Florida, SMU, which will be a really good game, 23rd ranked team in the nation. That's the second to last weekend, East Carolina. As long as they take care of their business, they should make the playoffs based on being undefeated. And right now ranked third, which I think if you're UCF a few years back when they were undefeated, they're like, shoot, we wish we could have been in this situation because that team was super talented, but you know, proclaimed national championship. So is there anything else you want to talk about? I just want people to be aware of how open this college football thing is now. Yeah, that I think, I think you hit, hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think it's pretty interesting to see that Cincinnati's already ranked three. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, I guess it was a pretty big win going to Notre Dame and beating them at their own home field. Right. Uh, and they kind of, they basically took care of business and now it's just kind of the, the home stretch against lower ranked teams. Yeah. That, like we said, that SMU game who is undefeated and even if they keep climbing and then beat Cincinnati, it puts them maybe in the play. It's so weird. And it's cool. That's why that's the kind of impact yeah. I want to get at. It's not a, okay, Bama's going to be in the big 10, the big, the big 12 champion. And then it's going to be like another SEC team. It's an open playbook right now. Which yeah. Is cool. And I think that's going to make the season more interesting. I find a lot of the time, like we're at this part of the season and we already know it's going to be like the past yeah. few years. It was always Clemson. It was always Alabama. Yeah. But now it's, it's, it's a free game for everyone. Yeah. Great point, which I don't know. I said big 10 was the guaranteed team. The ACC is usually the guaranteed team. There's no ACC team to be found in this playoff spot right now, which is, which is very interesting too. I haven't seen that in a while, but let's move on to our final topic. And uh, I kind of wanted to make it sound like a game show, but I couldn't think of any great title for this game show. So I'm just going to say, call it ask booth NFL questions to end the podcast. And then hey. some cool sound effects or something. I don't know. Anyways, I'm just going to ask you a string of NFL questions to end the podcast to touch on a little NFL basis. Entering today, Kyler Murray was favored. He is the Vegas favorite to win the NL MV- or NFL MVP. Would you still take him? Would you bet on him to be the MVP? Yes uh, do you no? have the odds? It's plus 400, I think, right now. Is that uh, who else was who else was up there with them? Was it like a pretty one horse race or is it? Uh, no. I really didn't expect you to ask me this much questions, but I'll look it up. This was a yes or no game, and now you're now you're just killing me. No. Let's see. All right, all right, all right. Hold up, hold up. I can get this for you. Bear with me, podcast listeners. NFL MVP odds, bam. All right, let me get it right for you because you deserve it. Kyler Murray's plus 500. 
Josh Allen's plus 650. Okay. Patrick Mahomes is plus 750. Justin Herbert's plus 800. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Dak Prescott are all plus 1,000. All right. Well, I'm taking one of the plus 1,000 people. I'm saying Tom Brady is the MVP at the end of the year. He had a great performance today, throwing five touchdowns. I think just a few weeks ago, we were talking about how he had a great performance through five touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, he's looked great. He, he made he scrambled and got a few first downs on the legs with the legs today. So I thought that was pretty funny to watch. But yeah, that's um, what he's known I, for the one yard touchdowns. I know exactly. you didn't do that today, but. But most of the time, yes, that's exactly what he's known for. And I think it is going to be another Tom Brady MVP season. I like that, which even lets him play for a few more years, maybe. So I don't know. Right. I asked you so many questions and I kind of knew yeah. that was going to be my answer. This is a yes or no question game and you just totally right. disrupted it. Well, you didn't explain the rules. I just, I'm yeah, up here. Well, it, I, you know, what's crazy as I say that. And then my next question is not really yes or no question. Right. It's about offensive rookie of the year, Jamar Chase or Mac Jones. There's Jamar Chase. Yeah, I think so too. And outstanding. Uh, it's not going to be a quarterback this year. Mm-hmm. The quarterback's plays is just embarrassing. It, it, it's going to be, it's going to be Devontae Smith, Jamar yeah. Chase, Devontae Smith, or case. anyone else besides the quarterback. But Jamar Chase is my pick right now. All right, now looking at the defense rookie of the year question. We're back to a yes or no question: Is Patrick Sertain Jr. or the second, the obvious defensive rookie of the year so far? I think right now, yes. Um, I, I, uh, J.C. Horn was having a pretty good year until he got injured, but um, I, I think, yeah, Sertain Jr. is the first one that comes to mind when I think defensive rookie of the year. Who, what, what do you have? I, I agree. I would say yes. Um, Micah Parsons is very good for Dallas, but I uh, I definitely think Sertain is – he looks elite almost. I don't yeah. want to throw that word around, but, like, he looks like he's been – been ready for this NFL level like he's been here for a year or two and kind of is giving me similar comps to Jalen Ramsey which was that was thrown around a lot before he was drafted and I don't like really comparing players to other players in the league but he is a very good cornerback Micah Parsons is in kind of a tough situation where he's kind of bouncing around between positions too and he's looked great so more power to him but I I know that's kind of tough to to switch positions all of a sudden especially at this level of course yeah the next one is another yes or no question. With the Cardinals being 5-0 and now, which is very impressive, and you both kind of stumbled on that one, will the Cardinals win 12-plus games this year? I got to say yes right now. Um, they've shown that they're the best team in the division, uh, the NFC West. So, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll pull up their schedule right now here and look. Um, yeah, I mean, really, see a game against... win seven games out of their next. Yeah, I mean, they have games against Houston, Chicago, Detroit, Indianapolis, Dallas, and those are all easily winnable games, and then everything else should be competitive. So, yeah, I, I think definitely at least at least 12 wins. Really quick, man, now that you mentioned that, I just want to – a little off-tangible or off-tangent note. If you're a Detroit Lions fan, I'm so sorry for you at this rate. Did you see the uh, the coach, the post, uh, post-game interview or no, press no. conference? No. he was like heartbroken he was crying or like that's that's, tw- <laughs> that's twice already you lost on a walk-off kick and just unfortunately yeah. Kirk Cousins pulls out a drive just magical drive with 37 seconds left on the clock today I actually have a coach here who's a, a Lions fan so if he's listening to this praise up sorry that hurts but that's gonna be tough it's really tough and I, I feel for those Lions fans Motor City right <sighs> you got this um Back on to my questions, asking Booth yes or no questions or NFL. Like a theme song for this, I think. Yeah, I forgot what I already called it the first time. This one can deal with somewhat of the future. Does Justin Herbert win an MVP within the next three seasons? 
right now he's in the uh-huh. he's in the mix. Yeah. No, I I I I think I I mean it's very tough to win an MVP in the NFL. Um I'm I'm like on the fence, which isn't good. So I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no, but he's right. gonna be close. He's gonna be close for the next three years. All pro level quarterback. He's got great offensive weapons, uh, pretty good O line, and a and a coach that's just kind of the the best coach they've had in years. I feel yeah. like just that very Chargers smart. team is definitely on the up. A good win today, by yeah. the way. Here, but, but my answer is no. He does not win MVP in the next three years. It's fair. It's fair. It's a tough. It is very tough accolade to obtain. Here's a good one for you for this year. Defensive player of the year, Miles Garrett or Aaron Donald? Ah, that's tough. Garrett's recorded seven that's- sacks. Those are my only two options right now. Right now, there's two favorites. But if you think someone else deserves it more, I've, I'm just saying if you had, if those two, if it came down to the end of the year and it's between those two. Uh, I would, I would probably go Miles Garrett. I think so, too. I, he's just. I think he's targeted the same way Aaron Donald is, you know, and I'm not discrediting Aaron Donald. I still think he's the best player. I just think based on numbers so far. Yeah. His ability to sack the quarterback is just unreal like he's like generational talent yeah helmet throwing talent you know, helmet swinging talent i think helmet swinging you're right not throwing kind of want to judge him or accuse him wrongly yeah, okay don't two more the walter Payton man of the year yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two more questions on this this podcast for you following russell wilson's injury that will put him out six to eight weeks will the seahawks win six games this year right now they're at two wow um Oh, let me pull up their calendar really quick. I am of course. similar to the Cardinals. They have to play the whole NFC North. They've already played the Vikings. Yeah, I, I think it's really easy to be biased in this one. So I just I'm trying to remove bias here. I'd say no. If that helps you in any way, I think the defense so sucks. If and... they have to win four games, they're playing Jacksonville. Okay. And, and I'm just picking the easiest matchups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jacksonville, Houston, right. Chicago and Detroit. So that's four. Fair. games they sh- should they should the win even, we know it's even not gonna with happen Gino, yeah yeah and maybe without chris carson still and the defense is horrid the defense is so bad it is ridiculous i'm gonna say no the, yeah. they run a zone defense with more holes than anything i've ever seen before in my life they've it's tried crazy. like they've tried like a half zone half man defense and then like someone in the man defense gets dusted and it, they cross over in the zone defense and the zone defense doesn't pick them up but it's or the zone defense cuts off and they don't pick them up going into the man side when they're supposed to. it's just bad yeah. it's so bad um yeah i say no i think they're gonna blow it to at least one of those teams and this I is i them giving uh, urban meyer his first dub all right right then he can go party in the clubs and wherever they are maybe yes, if they're in Seattle, i don't know if they are but okay last question has the afc west become the best division in the nfl this one's tough i think so i think our prediction at the end of the at the beginning of the year rather was the nfc west and that mm-hmm. really hasn't panned out because the seahawks have been pretty bad and now with but, the 49ers struggling a little bit these yeah. so I, I can't really think of a i don't think the afc east is that good the afc south has shown that it's terrible this year uh yeah they have just, the Colts North. have been such a letdown. Yeah, I've been very disappointed in the Colts as well. Yeah, the AFC um, North is—I I don't know. I think if you say if you say no to the AFC West, it's the AFC North. But I—I—I I, I, I think yes, AFC West is the best division in the NFL right now. At this point, yeah, right yeah. through the first couple. Anytime weeks. the Kansas City Chiefs are the worst team, well, technically the worst team in the division, that's like 
unreal. Yeah. 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 It is. It is unreal because that still is a very good team. But that is all my questions. I think you did a great job under pressure answering those. Thank you. Those questions we asked, yes or no questions. Whatever it is. I don't yeah, know. I we'll I come up with uh, it. We'll come up with it. There'll be a whole little segment. It's my first time finding out about it. So I, I, I could have helped you with the name here if I was a little more prepared. Yeah. Well, I think you did tremendous. That's <laughs> all matters. Anyways, I think that is a great wrapping spot to our podcast. The intro, uh, <laughs> before we went on this podcast, I tried to like talk, think about like talking slow when I wanted to talk about the Rays Red Sox game because it was so exciting and just so crazy. And, and I, I'm pretty sure I tripped over my words like 10 times. But just to understand that now as I'm calming down, the postseason is just so electric. And the best part about that is, I, and I may have said it earlier, I may have thought it or I tweeted it. Well, I tweeted two things tonight. And someone replied to one of my tweets. I tweeted, the baseball gods must have hated the Rays tonight, which no doubt because ball hits off Hunter and throw that goes over the fence that doesn't allow them to score. And then they walk him. And then the next guy hits a home run, like all within an inning. It's insane. Baseball gods are real or something. Something happened, man. The race, they did not deserve that. But then I also tweeted back to someone because they said, I don't understand how that, they, you know, that run didn't score. And it's, that's something that you just can never imagine happening. You can't plan that to happen, you know? And so it will be talked about in the offseason, though, by whoever makes the rules. And I'm sure there will be some new rule implemented if a situation like that happens again. Because that really impacted a game and has the potential. A game can impact a series big time in postseason baseball. We've seen it. Especially a five-game series. Right. Especially a short series like that. We've seen it so many times. But, yeah. So I hope you guys spared with me on my little stumbling because I said Randy or Rosarena's name, like, butchered it. Because I was just so excited about talking about pitching from the red sox and whatnot but yeah I think you did a great job thank you i appreciate that you did a great job filling in answering great questions. <laughs> just as complimenting each other for the next Maybe we should just minutes. turn that into the podcast <laughs> compliments two, two dudes complimenting each other what do you guys think let us know anyways i think that's it for this podcast thank you guys so much for listening keep spreading the love to us with last words for the fans we'll smell you later boys we'll and girls you. and anyone else in between there we go we love everyone here at two dudes with some balls thank y'all for listening peace Thank you.